Amen. Have your Bibles, invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 12 uh, through 16. Luke 6, 12. And it came to pass in those days that he, that is Jesus, went out into the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. I don't ask you to raise your hand, but how many of us would be willing to pray all night? without sleep. I don't know what he was praying about, but I believe that he was praying about the 12 that he was going to have to select. And here it is. And when, and when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose 12, whom also he called apostles. And they are Simon, whom he also called Peter and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotus, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also was the traitor. Father, thank you for these men. Lord, help us to pattern our life, not only by Jesus, but these men, because they had a lot to give. And Lord, they gave, and they followed you. We know one disappointed you and we know one who was a traitor. Lord, help us not to be a disappointment. Help us not to be a traitor, but help us to stand strong in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I asked you a question. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to answer, but how many of you, including myself, remember your great-grandparents? Anybody? Great-grandparents, all right, several. Well, I do not. I mean, I had some. I have been to their graves. I only had one grandparent that was living when I was born. And um, she was the one that prayed, Lord, call one of my grandyoungins to preach the word. But do you realize also that our great grandyoungins may not remember us? Uh, you know, like uh, in our household, there is a picture of, of my granddaddy which I didn't know, which would be my boy's great-granddaddy and their children, their great-great-granddaddy, and all they have is a picture. They don't have any memory. I don't have a memory. One of my granddaddies laid brick. My great-granddaddy laid brick. My great-granddaddy made block from sand, get, got sand out of a creek and, and made block. Um, but, you know, we are, it seems, we are a generation uh, that's soon to be forgotten. You know, how many times do we sit at the table and say, I wish you could have knew my grandparents? Or I wish you could have knew grandpa so-and-so. Um, how many of us can do that? You know, very few um, can do that. Um, it just seems that we are born to be forgotten. And James, we think about him, a saint, soon to be forgotten. He was called James the Less. Now, when we think about old uh, um, uh, he was the son of Alphaeus, according to the scripture here. But in the scriptures, there's three Jameses that are mentioned. Uh, there's the James in the New Testament, which is the brother of John. And then there was the half-brother of Jesus, and the, then who wrote the book of James. And then we have James, uh, who was the son of Alphaeus, who was one of the twelve disciples. Now, uh, you know, he stands as a man uh, forgotten. History, you, when you think about history, uh, there's only one thing of, uh, is that his name was mentioned. 
You know, we talk about people this, that, and other. At least he made the book. I tell people, at least he made the book. You know, he was, he was in the book. And you know, our names as a Christian is recorded in God's book, the, the Lamb of God. It's recorded in there. Our names are written in there. Isn't it going to be interesting to see if it's printed or if it's written out? What difference does it make? It makes no difference. But we may want to look at it and see and even recall the day their name was written in the book. Well, you know, we're precious to God. We're so precious that his son gave his life for us. And we're not to be forgotten. No, we don't need our names on pews. We don't need our names on windows. We don't need our names on songbooks and, and all this stuff. And grandpa gave this and grandma done this and that. We don't need that. That's not important. What is important is that we have been saved and we're following and serving the Lord and we're not letting things get in our way. So let's look at James, uh, a man that was remembered by God, okay? First of all, he was a man with a handicap. Now, you don't have to turn, but I want to turn to Mark, um, Mark 15, 40, just a few pages back. It says, and there were also women looking on afar off, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, the less, and Joseph and Salome, a man with a handicap. His nickname, James the Less. In the Greek, his name means little. I can, I can relate to that. You know, Zacchaeus was short in statue. He was little of statue. And then here we find James the Less because he was little in statue. You know what? Today he'd be called, or he might be called, Pee-wee. You know, I've had people say, you, you know Pee-wee down here. No, I don't know Pee-wee. What's his name? Well, he, he could be called Shorty. I've been called that. And probably the worst one of all, Squirt, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> nicknames. Well, he was, he was classified as James the Less. And... Um, you know, the Jews, they, they, they ridiculed short people. They didn't think they was tall enough to do the job. So they didn't want short people doing the business. But James rose above his little handicap to be the very best he could be for Jesus. Now, it doesn't matter how tall we are physically or how short we are or what height we are or anything else. But what does matter is are we giving our best to the Lord? The best. You know, we think about sacrifices in the Old Testament. They were supposed to bring the best, the best lamb, the best offering, not a sick one, not a crippled one, but the best. They gave it to the Lord. And he knew if it was the best or not. You know, we have, a, have an opportunity in morning and evening service to give back to the Lord what rightfully, the Bible says, belongs to him. But are we doing that? You know, it's amazing to me, and I don't keep up with it. I have no idea who gives and who don't give. But it'd probably shock us if we knew the thieves that we're sitting beside every Sunday. Because the Bible says if you do not tithe, you are a thief. You're robbing God. And he said, where, where are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. Say, I just can't afford to give. You can't afford not to give. You can't afford not to. It's, listen, it's not the amount. It's the attitude. The attitude. 
Well, they got plenty of money. They don't need mine. Well, go ahead and rob God. But when we think about James, he, he rose above this. Uh, he, he was chosen as one of the uh, 12 disciples, apostles. Uh, he was faithful. After Calvary, he was faithful. Now, if tradition uh, has anything to say about it, or any truth in it, he preached the gospel until he died a martyr's death. He preached the gospel. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's one thing to, to teach the gospel, and it's one thing to preach the gospel, but it's something else to live the gospel, to live it out. Say, why are you doing what you're doing? Because that's what Jesus wants me to do. He wants me to follow him. He wants me to share his word. Now, um, how did James make it with this handicap, okay? How James makes it, so can we. You may not even thought about a handicap, okay? But I don't like to look at people as handicapped, all right? They may have a disability, and we need to maybe help them sometime. But how did James live with this? Well, first of all, he accepted his handicap. You know, he couldn't change his height, so he accepted his handicap. Um, most of our handicaps are unchangeable anyway, and we shouldn't let those handicaps uh, fret us. Uh, we think about the prayer of serenity. Lynn quotes it many times. Lord, help me to accept the things I cannot change. Help me to accept that. There's some things you cannot change about yourself. There's some things you can't change about others. Help me, he says, to accept this. But then he says, the knowledge to change the things I can. There are some things that we can change. We should not let a handicap hinder us from doing what God wants us to do. And the wisdom to know the difference. Well, it's important to know that wisdom, to know the difference. You know, Lord, here I am. You know what's the matter with me? I was born this way, and I'll do anything you can, or you ask me to do with your help. With your help. We depend on the Lord, okay? Do our best in spite of our handicaps. Listen, accepting handicaps does not mean to belittle ourselves. Sometimes we want to tell this, the handicapped person, would you, if you'll just move, I'll do it. No. We should say, hey, I'm right here for you. If you need me, please help, let me help you. Okay? Let me help you. That's what God wants to do with us. Let me help you. Okay? Accept that. But don't just walk away and say, oh, just let them go ahead. They, they think they know what to do. Offer to help. And what it means to stop straining at impossible uh, goals and set a goal that we can reach and once we reach that goal then set it a little higher you know it, it hasn't been long ago I had to go up on top of a house because of a, a vent pipe leaking and the, where I had to put the ladder up was hey it was probably 30 feet plus above the ground well I got my ladder up I got it braced good and I started up about three quarters of the way up I, I, the ladder was a shaking or was it me a shaking you know, and the higher I got, the worse it got. Well, I got up on top, got it 10-2, come back to the ladder to go down. I said, wow, man, if I fall from here, no use to call 911, just call Sandifer. But there was nobody. There was nobody around. Who would have ever known I had fallen? Well, somebody at Lynn may have picked up on it somewhere down the road, but sometimes she don't always know where I am. 
You know, we create things sometimes that we ought to be very cautious and very careful, uh, you know, what we're doing. But handicaps should not hinder us. It didn't hinder Pee Wee. <laughs> it didn't hinder him from serving uh, the Lord. We just got to decide to do our best. Well, he was not only a man with a handicap, but he was also a man with a good home. When you think about his mother, now this passage in Mark there tells us something about James. In fact, it gives us the secret of a courageous heart. When we think about James, it shows us the foundations for which he, he was erected in that home. You know, I see signs so many times that says home for sale. You can't sell a home. You can sell a house, but you can't sell a home. I want you to listen now, listen. He was a man with a noble, godly, spiritual home because of his mother. His mother. Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was there with her, a devoted follower of the Lord. With a mother like this, how in the world could you miss no matter what your handicap was? When I thought about James, now the Bible don't say this, but I, I think about James and his mother compared to our homes today, okay? A home ought to be a happy place. A home ought to be a place where family gathers. A home ought to be a place where family invites friends. You know, and our home has always been that way. Always been that way to invite people in just to have a good time. A home ought to be where honesty is taught. A home ought to be where things are open. Nothing is secret. A home is a place where memories are made. You know, we think back the way we were raised and the, the home that we were raised in, in the atmosphere that we were raised in. I thank God tonight for my mama and my daddy and my grandmother. And in her last year, she lived right behind our house in a mobile home which she was not ever used to, gas stove. And sometime we'd be eating supper and we'd hear a big explosion. We'd all fly out of the house and go down to see what's happened to Grandma. She, sometimes she'd be sitting um, uh, in the floor with her hair looked like firecrackers went off. You know? And, and we'd try to tell her, Grandmother, when you turn the stove on, have the match already lit. Well, I couldn't find it. You know, here's the gas just to go, and she's looking for, boom, you know, here you go. You know, I loved her. I enjoyed sitting at her table and eating her fried chicken and taters and gravy. And she'd always get on me. She had asthma. She died at 92. She had asthma all her life. She was concerned about me because I still have asthma. But she'd say, don't you go outside bareheaded. Bareheaded. I keep bareheaded. Right, brother? You got about that long, he said. Ike's one hair taller than I am. But we remember. You know, it's a home where memories are made. It's also a home where education ought to be taught. Beginning in the cradle. Now, you can believe this or not, but Lynn read to Josh before he was ever born. She'd read to him. Read to Caleb before he was born. It ought to begin at home, guys. He said, well, my young'uns are grown and gone. What about your grand young'uns? Grand young'uns come in. Hey, share the word. Pour Jesus all over them. You know, we got our grand young'uns, they love to come. 
they love to come to the house. And Lynn fixed lunch today, and Harley said, I just love this. Hey, it's a part of home. It's a part of us building memories and, and sitting around the table laughing and, and talking. You know, that all, that's not going to always be. You know, when Lynn and me were gone, uh, uh, I'm talking about the home now, when Lynn and me were gone to Africa four months, and Josh uh, and, and them would go down to check on things, and sometimes the grandyoungins would be with him, and, and they'd say, this is no fun. He said, what you mean? He said, well, Granddaddy Mimi's not here. It's no fun to come here. He said, that's the way it'll be one day. They will not be here. So you need to enjoy them while you have them. Well, the home is an important part. And it was an important part in James's life. But not only did we look at his handicap and, and a man with a good home, but we see a man with honor. We think about this. Last of all, uh, James, of all the servants, he was a Christ-honoring man. He honored the Lord. Now, what do we honor the Lord with? You know, first of all, we need to honor him with our life. You know, we have one life to give. Hey, we can't go back and start over. I mean, that, the days of, of my life is mostly over with. It's gone. I can't recall them. But I can go forward and, and be a person that honors the Lord with my life. We need to honor the Lord not only with our life, but with our speech, our voice, uh, the things that we do and the places we go and the things that we share, the things we give away. We need to honor uh, the Lord with this. Well, we see the honor of salvation. We shouldn't feel sorry for a person who's handicapped in this life if they are Christian because they may be crippled down here, but they're going to run down the street to go. They may be blind down here, but they're going to see the throne of God. You see, it's, tra it's a tragedy, though, for a person to be born and never be saved. Never be saved. I shared this with you many times before. But Mrs. Alma Gillum, some of you may be kin to Ms. Alma. Miss Alma was a diabetic in Earl's Grove, and I watched her lose her toes. I watched her lose a foot. I watched her lose a leg. Seventy years old, never been saved. In her home, she invited Jesus into her heart. I called her granny. I said, Granny, I said, are you going to come and be baptized? She laughed. She said, now you know I can't be baptized. I said, why? She said, I have one leg. Now how am I going to be baptized? I said, Granny, do you trust me? She said, sure I do. I said, I got a plan. And I shared with her, I said, are you willing to do that? She said, I am. Her daughter brought her in a wheelchair that morning, rolled her in, I could see now coming in that side door. Two of our deacons met them there. They put her in a metal folding chair. They carried her upstairs and out into the water. And all I did was rock the chair back. They helped her get out of the water, and our ladies were there to help her get dressed. And of course, she passed away. I had, I had the honor of doing her funeral. I see her grandyoungins every once in a while, and I say, "Oh, you baptized my grandmother!" Yes, hey, you know, an exciting time. It's honor, honor of salvation. Listen, we shouldn't feel sorry for these people if they have Jesus. Hey, they got it all. 
They may be handicapped in this life, but they won't be in the next. It's an honor of salvation, but it's also honor of service. You know, how, much of, how many of us are in the service? Friendship Baptist Church, where Lynn and I were married and where I was called to preach prior to this, uh, the building was very old, and they fixed it up and for our wedding. But then uh, time passed, and it needed a new building. We built an educational wing on the back, and they tore down the old sanctuary. When they tore it down, there was a, a service role, military men who had served. And, and in those days, they put it up on the wall, and the, it was wrote with ink. And uh, I looked on there, and Lynn's daddy was on it. My daddy was on it. And someone said, what you going to do with this service role? And uh, they said, well, I don't know. I reckon somebody wants it. I said, I want it. Well, you can have it. I still have it. So the little boy noticed this roll hanging on the wall. And he says to the preacher, preacher, what's all these names? Said, that is men that died in the service. He said, is that right? He said, was that in the AM service or the PM? Uh, you'll see that role sometime if you come to the house. No, they died serving their country. It's an honor to serve. Every ounce of good that we can do for God might bless somebody else, might lift somebody's spirits up, might cause somebody to want what you and I have. It's important. Bible says, blessed are those that die in the Lord. They rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Hey, that's what work's about, jobs. Who, who did this? Well, so-and-so did. Don't get him. Or so-and-so did. He is, you get him. You can trust him. He'll do what he says. He'll stand behind his work. Same way in church. Who are we witnessing to? You know, surely the goodness... You know, we, the altar on Sunday morning ought to be crowded. People come and praying for the lost. You know, you, I've said this before, I'll say it again. If you don't have at least one person that's lost you praying for, you're not doing your job. Praying for that lost person. Bring them to the altar to God. Give them to God. And tell them, hey, I'm praying for you. Well, when we think about this... Um, this honor, not only is the honor of, of salvation and the honor of service, but there's also the honor of sacrifice. Honor of sacrifice. Three simple things. We need to offer our life. And that's all I have. Offer our life. Offer our love to those that need it. Love the unlovable. It's no trouble to love those who love you back. It's no trouble. But what about those that you know don't love you? To love them. Bible says we're to pray for them. Not only we sacrifice our life, sacrifice our love, but we need to make a sacrifice when it comes to loyalty. Loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ. He deserves all we can give him when it comes to being loyal to him. He deserves our honor. He deserves our, our praise. And when we speak about him, what can we say? What can he say about us? What can we say about him? James was an honored man, even though he was 
He was on the handicapped side. James the less. Just think about it. Somebody you know might be handicapped. It needs an encouraging word. It needs a helping hand. It's okay to stop and take time out. If it's nothing else but opening up a door for an elderly or helping them carry something or, hey, what can I do to help you? Think about it. James was a follower of the Lord all the way until he died. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you for your love, for your grace, and your mercy. And Lord, again, we uh, lift up the Thomas family. We lift up Robbie's mother. And Lord, thank you for these that have come back tonight. It's not the best night weather-wise, but God, I thank you for their faithfulness. I pray that you bless and honor their faithfulness tonight. And we'll thank you and praise you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen.